1: Live from the Blake Street Tavern, which is just 21.2 miles north of the UC Health Training Center, home of the Denver Broncos in Dove Valley, which is just 14.6 miles (laughs) south of the Sportique Studios in downtown Denver, Colorado. It's the BSN Buffs podcast. I am Jake Shapiro, your host, alongside editor of BSNBuffs.com and BSNBroncos.com, Ryan Koningsberg.
2: How you doing? How you doing? Just happy to be, you know, right here, you know, making the triangle between UC Health uh, studio, UC Health Studios, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Sporting yeah. Training Center. So
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, now that I blew out everyone's levels, I think I'm going to count it down a little bit. Uh, the Buffs this weekend... Uh, whatever the Pac-12 deems a weekend. I'm still unsure what a weekend is now because of the Pac-12 has just screwed up the meaning of a weekend.
2: We're not going to complain if the Pac-12 wants to call weekends Wednesday.
1: I can't complain either. I just don't know what the weekend is anymore. Anyways, the Buffs went one on one on the weekend. They lost to Washington. We had the post game recap from the Blake Street Tavern last Wednesday, but nobody listened to it, so we're going to recap that game anyways.
2: Well, there's a chance that Nicole might have listened to it because she, she favored it, but something tells me that was just a, kind of like, a, oh, we, we were there. Here's a have, have a favorite.
1: We're, we're in on it. <laughs> uh, and then the Buffs won a game at Washington State in Pullman by a score of 75 to 70 on Saturday night. The Buffs this weekend got the road split the second time they've done this in the Pac 12 season. They're going into a week where they have California and Stanford coming into Boulder. They got a uh, road split against those teams as well. Really important for the Buffs to keep winning games. They took care of business for the most part this weekend. It could have looked prettier on the scoreboards um, in both games, but for the most part they come away with one win and one loss, very similar to the Cal Stanford weekend that they went to the Bay Area at.
2: Yeah, almost a kind of a carbon copy of that. You have the ugly loss, disappointing on the front end of the trip. Um, Then you go take on the weaker team and you take care of business. And no matter uh, how you want to look at it, that's a good weekend. Um, You go ahead and you get splits. Uh, on the road and you just keep those coming and you will be happy um come selection sunday so yeah i mean the first game was ugly um the second game was ugly too but they find a way to get it done and really that's what it comes down to in this conference as you've seen um there are no wins there's no easy wins for anyone um i mean ucla lost to washington state so you take your wins where you can get them especially on the road uh and then you got to come home and take care of business.
1: Perhaps the most concerning part about this weekend for the Buffaloes was both Iker and and, and – what? I got it right. No, I you, know. you were waiting for me to get it wrong, and I, I got it right. Iker Ebu – I'm so <laughs> close to getting it wrong, too. Iker and Andrew Andrews both went off for about 30 points against the Buffaloes, something they struggled with all season, uh, guarding the perimeter, and they let two guys get off, something Tad Boyle said. Uh, that cannot happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, those two guys uh, have that – capability to go off like that any night but yeah i mean andrews goes for 33 or goes for uh 27 so you average that out that's that's a 30 ball from each of them um you got some talented dudes coming into this place this weekend not necessarily on stanford i don't think stanford has a guy that can uh, put a 30 piece on the buffs other than probably roscoe allen who um, wesley gordon made his word that i don't want to say uh in the last game so, you know, you don't necessarily worry about it in, that, in that game, but I mean, then you got that Cal game Jordan Matthews, Jalen Brown, Ivan Rabb, um, Tyrone Wallace, Tyron Bird. Yeah, I mean, they, they got plenty of guys who can go ahead and go off from the outside, um, uh, from the perimeter, whether it's getting to their basket or shooting the three. So, you got to figure out a way to stop them, especially because you, you look at the reason those guys got off really in those games. It's because, one, they were getting to the rim, two, Josh Scott got into foul trouble, um, and that changes his ability to protect the rim so much. So by them letting letting uh, the ball get into the paint and letting guys get into Josh Scott, that's allowing the other teams to get him into foul trouble, and then it's really easy for teams to get past their perimeter defenders and go to the rim, and when Josh Scott and Wesley Gordon aren't there to erase it, it becomes scary time.
1: You mentioned the foul trouble Josh got into, and because of that, or... Not directly because of that, but it's certainly factored in. Washington and Washington State both shot 49% against the Buffs from the field. That is really concerning. Tad Boyle, that is not one of his numbers that the Buffs are looking to hit.
2: Yeah, I mean, a white guy named Connor, I think, got like 27 points or something. on 18, that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> An 8 of 9 shooting.
2: Like, you can't be letting a dude named Connor Clifford go off on you. Uh, if you want to be a legit program, it just doesn't work that way. So, I th- was he? Did you say he's eight of nine? Eight of the nine. Connor,
1: not, the big red dog, Clifford was yep. eight of nine from the first. Connor, field. the
2: big red Coug. uh you, Yeah, that's not okay. Um, and, and like like you said, that that comes back to getting Josh in foul trouble. You let a guy get a little bit hot in there. Uh, all of a sudden, some guy named Connor, who probably has never scored double digits in his in his life, is going for 18 on you.
1: Connor Clifford uh, went off and going back to the Washington State, uh, Washington game before we jump fully into the Washington State game. They had guys go off that not necessarily go off all the time like Malik Dime. And uh, that's concerning. uh, Exactly. Uh, That's concerning. Not only Washington scores 95 points on the Buffs, which is horrific for a Buffs team that prides themselves on defense. But you only have eight players doing it, and the depth that they had of scoring, let alone the quality that Andrew Andrews provided them, is, is, leaves a lot of question marks about the Buffs' defense.
2: Yeah, not to mention the next, night they, or the next game they go ahead and give up 50% shooting to Washington State. Um, and I asked Tad Boyle uh, a question about that today. I said, you know, when you guys shoot 38% and they shoot 39% and you win, you kind of say, well, our program is built to scratch out wins like this. What do you say when you shoot 38% and they shoot 50%? You don't hit your rebounding numbers, uh, and you don't hit your offensive numbers. What, I mean, what do you say to the team then? He's like, I say that we didn't hit, a, we uh, kept it under our assist-to-turnover numbers, and that won us the game. Um, but it really came down to the fact that Washington State missed free throws, and Tad Boyle talked about that too. Uh, the Buffs were extremely fortunate to win that game the way they played on the defensive end. They weren't committed to rebounding the ball. And uh, I mean, they they rebounded them thirty-seven to thirty-three. So it was ugly. Um, now you got to come back, and you kind of like the way that this trip works out with getting Stanford first. I think you kind of get the win. You're feeling good, and then you have like the big weekend matchup to kind of get psyched up for. Instead of having this quick turnaround where you're like, "Oh God, we got to get this win right away," you kind of get a win you got a little two game uh, streak going there even though it takes three games to get a win streak in my opinion
1: Uh, they get like basically half a week to prepare for Stanford then a half a week to prepare for Cal Right. and going back to even the Oregon game the Buffs have struggled with defense and rebounding for three straight games now
2: yeah I mean Oregon I almost gave them a pass because Oregon's offense is just so explosive and they can do it from so many different uh, ways on the court but I mean, we ha- before that Oregon game, we were talking about how their, their defense had been great in Pac-12 play. Right. So it's kind of...
1: It, it, we, we talked about how different portions of this team has almost been a light switch. It's been hot and cold, whether it be the offense, the rebounding, or the, the defense. And right now it seems as though the offensive switch has been turned back on, but the defensive switch has been turned off.
2: Right, and I think... If you're a Buffs fan, the only thing you're hoping is that at some point, hopefully late in the season, they figure out a way to keep both those switches on at the same time. It's like when you have that lamp in your room, and if you turn the lamp off from your bed, then it doesn't work on the light switch the next day when you try and turn it on. It's like the uh, the circuits aren't connected right now. Um, But they have to find that way to make both lights go on at the same time. And if you can do that, at the end of the season, then this team can be really dangerous. But we've yet to see um, any evidence. You know what? You know, go out there and, and beat a team eighty to fifty in Pac-12 play. Um, you know, do your thing on offense and then go do it on defense. We've yet to see it, and so until we see that. Uh, it's going to continue to be a question mark going into every single game.
1: And this was a column that I'm actually considering writing this week about how the Buffs have struggled to get the big win. Every opportunity they've had to make the fans go, I'm all bought into this team, they've lost that game.
2: Yep. Uh, I mean, you could have started it right off the bat with Iowa State. I think if they would have won that, it would have been crazy because the expectations were so low going into the season. Um, You know, you talk about that game, you talk about the SMU game. You talk about that Cal game early in the the conference slate. So they have. They've failed to kind of hit that. You can
1: even say the Washington game this weekend was one of those.
2: Right. I think fans are begging for them to win a game where fans can be like, okay, I I can go all in on these guys. They're legit. Because whether you like it or not, fans have become um, a little skittish, even with the basketball program of buying all in and all of a sudden you're talking about a uh, blowout in the NCAA tournament. So fans want to make sure they know what they're getting before they're investing kind of too much emotion into this team.
1: And you can't blame them with how last season ended, but this team's a completely different team than last season, yet it still has some of the same problems with consistency and things like that.
2: Right. It's, I don't know, it's college basketball. It's right. college kids. They're they're never going to be uh, well-oiled machines. Our Will
1: Whalen even wrote a column about it this week.
2: Right. And um, I really enjoyed that. And he basically says, You know, you got to find a way to enjoy this team because they're exciting. Um, Whether it's the the tad ball we're used to or not, um, they're exciting to watch. They have uh, great players, uh, great personalities on the team. I think that makes it a lot easier for for people like you and I to kind of go to work every day. You know, we do an interview with Josh today, and then he's joking about how he watches uh, the BSN 10 brought to you by Blake Street Tavern and how how much he loves watching those. He's like, the Wesley Gordon one, dude, that was my favorite, you know. Uh, talking about how he wants to be on next so it's stuff like that it's stu- you know it's guys like George King who can kind of goof around they understand what our job is um, and it makes the, it makes it easier for the fans to connect with the team because then they in turn see that I mean I always try and explain if I ever get a chance to an athlete you know we're just we're just your pathway to the fan and that so that all that's all we are as a middleman um, and so when they interact with the media well, which I think this team really does. It makes it easier for the fans to like them, and I think the fans should embrace that.
1: You said this to me a few weeks ago, and it remains true. Tad Boyle practice is must-see TV, even though it's not TV.
2: It is. I mean, yeah, we, we slowly keep going earlier and earlier. I mean, we saw the whole practice today. It's, uh, the way he runs things is, is cool. I mean, you're always in for a good uh, one-liner or two from him. Uh, it's, it's good stuff up there.
1: The good stuff hopefully will continue for Buffs fans this weekend as they face those two major big caliber Bay Area teams Uh, and I say Bay Area because it makes Ryan cringe and a quick story of behind the scenes of BSN Denver. (laughs) Ryan was writing his uh, Broncos recap last night and he was so swamped that I went in and helped him a little bit with his piece helped edit it up and whatnot and I know how much Ryan hates the term Bay Area so I made sure to get into Ryan's story the Broncos are headed off to the Bay Area to play in the Super Bowl. Ryan, I thought, wouldn't even check before I edited. The one thing he changed out of all the changes I made was he just took out Bay Area. He was not letting that sneak into his story.
2: Uh, literally. So the full story is um, basically the way things work is like um, Brandon Spano, our CEO, and Adam Kinney go into the press conferences afterwards. And I always tell them since you know I'm sitting at home, um, I'm not credentialed yet, obviously, just joining The Beat a couple weeks ago. Um, if you hear something story worthy like turn off your recorder and send me that audio right then and there and I'll get that story up before anyone else can because you know everyone else has to sit there through the press conferences. Um, So last night uh, DeMarcus Ware tells that great story about how the night before the game he uh, opened up the trophy case and put the Broncos first Super Bowl trophy on there and you know said iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another man and if you beat metal hard enough you can turn it into one of these and So it was a a great story, and so Brandon sends me that. Well, I'm, like, two sentences away from finishing my story, and I just call Jake. I'm like, dude, just finish this off. Like, I just need a little help and put a feature image in there and put it out. So that was awesome of Jake to do that. But, yeah, he tried to sneak Bay Area in there, and I was not having it because you're not from an area. You're from a city. Um, Take pride in the city you're from. Like, I would never say I'm from the front range area
1: specifically the berkeley california golden Bears and the palo alto stanford cardinal come into boulder on wednesday and saturday nights and we'll talk about that after the break thanks for listening we'll see you on the other side
0: hi this is justin gold from justin's if you've had my nut butter or my peanut butter cups then you know that i take my products and my customers very seriously So when I needed my roof replaced, I wanted somebody who feels the same way about their customers and their products that I do. Luckily for me, I found exactly that when I went to Chip Bezzo from Chips Roofing and he provided me with a service that I'll never forget. Not only did they build me a beautiful high wind roof with the best products available, but the quality price and service was exceptional. I was in contact with Chip the entire time and him and his crew couldn't have been more professional. Chips Roofing has my business for life chips roofing colorado's high wind roofing experts for 30 years you can find us online at chips roofing llc.com that's chips roofing llc.com or call us now at 720-938-ROOF that's 720-938-ROOF once again 720-938-ROOF hi I'm Erica Chenard, and I've been helping Colorado homeowners buy and sell for 14 years. From the biggest names in Colorado to first-time buyers, I treat each and every one like an MVP. I've sold over 170 homes in the last 12 months, and I can help you sell your current one or buy your next one. Call me, Erica Chenard at 720-663-1003 or online at denvercohomes.com. Of course you want to be in better shape, and of course you want to change the way you eat, but it's easier said than done. Hi, I'm Adam Kinney, and like you, i tried a million different things to accomplish this before I found the solution. Now, I go to Ironclad Fitness off of Evans. The days of long, boring cardio sessions are over. My kettlebell training to Ironclad is fast, innovative, and it really works. At this rate, I'll never step on a treadmill again. Let Ironclad Fitness change your life like they're changing mine. Ironclad Fitness. Hey, Josh, what happened to Colorado Keg House? I was just there yesterday, Adam. It's the same great place with 72 Colorado craft beers on tap. Really? I heard they had up to 60 breweries in there. I figured they must have moved into a huge building or something. That means they have up to 60 different breweries on tap, dude. Do you think they actually crammed 60 breweries in there? Oh, so they still have 27 TVs? Yeah. And NFL Sunday Ticket? Yep. Cool. Still awesome.
1: Colorado Keg House, Colorado's home for craft beer by the First Bank Center in Broomfield. We're back on the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern, and man, it's been a little bit of a rough night for the Buffs on the recruiting side.
2: Yeah, I mean, you lose uh, a four-star Harry Frawling, a basketball prospect, you lose him to SMU, Uh, and then Jarius Wallace, a a football prospect um, from Louisiana, you lose him to Arizona, Um, and if you're a Buffs fan, man, you're probably just looking for a glass of whiskey tonight, eh, Shep?
1: Yeah, and... there's a, there's a good place that I think I know of to find a good glass of whiskey.
2: The Blake Street Tavern will get you uh, a little whiskey, a little beer, whatever you need. Come down here and drink away your Colorado Buffalo sorrows.
1: And as Blake Street Tavern's own, Tyler Ziskin tweeted, I don't think there's a school I hate more than Arizona. His words, not mine, but I think Buffs fans probably feel the same about uh, that statement right now.
2: Yep. Um... And that just means you need another drink to come to the Play (laughs) Street (laughs) Tavern.
1: They've got beer. They've got whiskey. They've got what a bar got. And, uh, They've got a lot of TVs. I got the one hockey game in the entire bar on is on the screen in front of me. All the other TVs are on the Kansas Iowa State game and the Nuggets game, but I'm content with the New York Rangers versus the Buffalo Sabers. And
2: speaking of Tyler Ziskin, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering where is my favorite segment, the only segment I like to listen to. That's not just Ryan and Shap blabbering at each other. It's Tyler Ziskin providing actual insight. Well, mm, he had up he had better stuff to do apparently. And on top of that, um. So nothing really ha- So there's one thing you can do, basically, in uh, college basketball where nothing is going to change with where you stand on the bubble type of thing, and that's just split on the road where you be- where you lose to the good team and beat the bad team. Um, beating a bad team on the road is never going to hurt you, especially in the Pac-12 when there aren't really any bad teams. Um, and losing to a team like Washington who is five and 5-2 now, 5-1 and one at the time, isn't going to hurt you either. So um, Tyler's segment would have been essentially repeating what he said last week.
1: And uh, we know how you guys like to keep it fresh, so we're trying to keep it fresh this week. And uh – do some new things uh, and we'll maybe do something new in the third segment. We're uh, pondering it still. We have the second break to decide what we're going to do in that third segment. But for now, we are going to talk about the California Golden Bears as well as the Stanford Cardinal. The Golden Bears are 14-6 and six on the year. The Cardinal are 11-7 and seven, and they come into Boulder on Wednesday night.
2: Right. Um, and that's another, I mean, that's a game that the Buffs have to win. Um, I think you know the the way that that game um, played out in Palo Alto. The Buffs were in control all along. And they it was during that time where they kept on faltering uh, in the last six minutes of games, and they happened to find a way to w- to win that one. Did we watch that together?
1: We did not. I watched that with our friends over at the Ralphie
2: Report. Okay, uh, I just remember watching the end of that game and being like. <sighs> How did, how did they possibly win that? I mean, they played like a terrible last 10 minutes of basketball. So, with that being said, if they put together 40 minutes there, they're winning a road game by double digits. Um, so, when you look at this as a home game, you have to kind of pencil that in as a a, a big win. Um, and, but Stanford has kind of given them fits at home, at home before. I remember they, they got beat by Stanford when they shouldn't have at least once before. So, um, you better show up uh, and you better come ready to play on Wednesday. But I think – Tad Boyle, um, especially this season, the way he's been treating things, he'll make sure they're ready to go.
1: Colorado had 18 turnovers in that contest in Palo Alto, and I believe at least 10 or 12 of them happened in the second half of that game. They did, however, hold Stanford to 31 percent shooting, and they were plus 14 on the rebound margin. And Tad Boyle will tell you why, uh, or tell you that's the reason why they won that game.
2: Yeah, and it's it's absolutely true. Um, they should be able to kind of exert their will. Rebounding the ball, I'm kind of excited to watch the Wesley Gordon Roscoe Allen matchup again because Wesley Gordon just absolutely had his way with him last time, um, and it was almost it was it was actually kind of like a, a game within the game, and it was a sh- Wesley Gordon kind of put on a show on the defensive end, so that's exciting for me to watch. Um, I kind of have a good, a good feeling about attendance. I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe it's because my parents are going. That's, that was my <laughs> Christmas present to them <laughs> was uh, tickets to this game. So I just have this. I think they are going to make the difference. You know.
1: Roscoe Allen was held to two of ten shooting in seven points with only one rebound. Only one other time on the season was he held to one rebound or less and that was against carol mt which i assume is a division two school <laughs> no, and that's literally uh, just
2: a lady that they played <laughs> they, play, they
1: played one woman <laughs> and uh he played 23 minutes in that game and a few other times uh, uh four other times he's been held under 10 points so really what dad boyle uh, or sorry wesley gordon did in that <laughs> ryan's losing it what well, <laughs> Really what?
2: Just thinking about a Division One basketball <laughs> team, just playing five-on-one <laughs> with like a 65-year-old woman. <laughs> Named
1: Carol? Yes. So really what Wesley Gordon did in that game, holding Roscoe Allen to 2 of 10 shooting, 1 of 6 from the three-point line, 2 of 4 from the stripe, as well as only uh, one rebound, it's really remarkable, and that's going to be an awesome matchup to watch to see if Roscoe Allen can thwart the efforts of Wesley Gordon's defense.
2: Yeah, Wesley Gordon ain't no Carol, I'll tell you that.
1: Hashtag ain't no Carol.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: I bet you one Buff fan tweets hashtag ain't no Carol at us, and I can think specifically who <laughs> it is. And I know you know who it is. We don't is. name
2: names here on the BSN Buffs podcast. No,
1: we do not. The second match Except for
2: that one time we called out Clutch.
1: Yeah, well, Clutch is awesome. <laughs> Clutch is going to be on overrated, underrated, and we're both going to call him underrated. Totally. Um, But... California Golden Bears, 14-6, and six, as I mentioned earlier. They come in on the year as 4-3 and three in the Pac-12, like everyone else is at 4-3. and three. And uh, they have four uh, McDonald's All-Americans, I believe. or Is it three or four? And Tad Boyle, I, I just remember the week of practice leading up to that Cal uh, game. Tad Boyle kept going, they got three All-Americans, four All-Americans. How many do we have? Yeah. None.
2: No. None. Well, the best was when he was here at the Blake Street Tavern, and he goes... I think we got. I think we got a. I think we got a Wendy's All-American and maybe a Carl's Jr. All-American, but they got McDonald's All-Americans. <laughs> and that
1: tells you about the quality of talent Cal has. Uh, maybe they've been underperforming a little bit this season, but they've certainly straightened it out a little bit in the Pac-12 season as they're four and three with every single one else in the Pac-12. Everyone's four and
2: three. Nine and nine master plan.
1: It's all a part of the nine and nine master plan. Get with it, Washington State.
2: Yeah, and Arizona State. Jeez.
1: So, looking forward to this game, the Buffaloes pretty much got blown out
2: last time against
1: the Golden Bears.
2: Yeah, that was, I mean, from the start they were down 10-0 and they never, uh, they didn't bring bring the game within six ever again. So, that was um, brutal to watch, except for the fact that it was my one and only time visiting the Shapiro household. Great place. Um, the <laughs> Shap Cave, if, if, if that's what you call it. So, uh, It was, I mean, absolutely just they got outplayed. They got out-efforted. They got out-shot. They got out-hustled. They didn't bring much to that game, and it was really, really awful to watch.
1: They dropped the ball on New Year's Day.
2: (coughs) Yes, they did. That
1: was our headline.
2: That's a good headline.
1: I wonder who came up (laughs) with that one.
2: See, like, things are like I'll say a – so this is what happens. I'll say a headline, and then you'll say something else, and then, like, I'll end up perfecting it, and then you think that – that means you made the headline.
1: It means I at least contributed a large portion to the headline, because you were like, "Oh, it's New Year's Day. They're hung over." I'm like, "Nah, I think they dropped the ball, man." No,
2: it was definitely the other way around. It was like, it was like, uh, "Buffs, buffs can't get you know can't get going on New Year's Day," and you're like, "Oh, buffs hung over on New Year's Day," and I was like, "Oh, buffs dropped the ball on New Year's Day," and then you're like, "Dude, that was my headline. I totally came up with that." You're just a gateway drug to good headlines. <laughs>
1: I'll take that. I might have to tweet that later uh, it 's pretty perfect of uh, a description of what we 're going on i 'm also a gateway drug to good tweets we 've been perfecting each other 's tweets all day too see
2: that that 's the thing here is like i don 't think one of us should take credit for the other one like one of us says something good and then the other one's like, "Oh, this is better, and then you know we let the other guy the have Bra- The
1: Brady fire truck tweet yeah, Exactly. <laughs> which was literally lit.
2: yeah, it was lit um, I, I still don 't know why there was actually a fire truck there there didn't seem to be an emergency.
1: They were, they were just stressing over Huggies' concussion. They were, they were prepared. you got to keep the best woman, woman on the court out there in Lauren Huggins, though, who unfortunately has a concussion. But, but We wish her all the best.
2: But watch, uh, watch the uh, BSN 10 with Lauren, although she might have been under the influence of a concussion when she said that my Instagram was the best because I'm really not that good at Instagram.
1: Yet. You're not good at Instagram yet. We're working on it. But going back to this Cal team, they beat the Buffaloes 79-65. We talked about how it was a blowout. Really not many positives on the night for the Buffs besides that Josh Scott did what Josh Scott always does. So (laughs) I don't know if that's necessarily a positive. But they allowed California to shoot 51% from the field as well as out-rebound the team.
2: Yeah, I remember when when we were doing the pregame podcast for the last uh, Cal game, uh, we talked about kind of what Tyler and I had, t- had discussed as how you stop Cal. Well, it's force Ty- uh, Tyron Wallace to shoot, it's um, force Jalen Br- uh, Brown to shoot, it's force Jordan Matthews to drive. Well, the Buffs did absolutely none of those things, and that's why they got smacked.
1: What makes you think this time could be different?
2: Um, nothing, actually, except for the fact that they're going to be at home, and that's when things just change, you know. Uh, the shots don't go down for Jordan Matthews, which I still don't understand why. <laughs> I was just about to <laughs>
1: ask you, so why do things change when you're on the road?
2: Um, according to our inside sources, it's just, the fe- it's just the feeling that everything's going against you. Um, and, and it made sense to me when they were talking about that, basically saying that you know, uh it's like when you miss a shot and pick up and you feel bad about that you shot it and like you feel like you let these teammates down, like the guy the forty five year old man with the rec specs, you're like, Dang, I let him down on that possession. It's like that feeling times a million, uh, when you're on the road because, you know, there's people cheering and you feel like everything is so magnified. So I do understand that. Um it was it was an uh, an eye-opening moment for me, because to me, I'm just like, yo, I can go to 24-Hour Fitness, I go to the YMCA, I can go to the uh, outdoor courts at Coors, and I can get get buckets, you know, it doesn't make a difference, they're all 10-foot hoops. And I will say this about the team, and this was actually a tidbit
1: mentioned by our friend, the Ghost of Marv on Twitter, Ted Chalfin, Uh, the Buffs haven't faced uh, a team or played at home when 10,000 fans have showed up this year. This weekend. At Washington State, only 3,700 fans showed up. This weekend at Washington, only uh, 6,000 fans showed up. It was Woodstock (laughs) for the Buffs. We'd have so many good headlines for that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, But this is a game where I think a lot of fans are going to show up to, both on Wednesday night. Wednesday night maybe not as much as Saturday. Uh, and especially if they win sat, win Wednesday, I think a lot of fans are going to show up on Saturday for this Cal game, and it could be the the big opportunity for them to get a, a big home win in front of all these fans, uh, and you consider the last home game they had was against Oregon, it was such a good showing for all the students.
2: Yeah, I think, um, and, and I wanted to go back a little bit to your question, how can it be different this time, because I didn't actually really answer it at all, um, but I mean, things do change on the road, as we've seen in in the Pac-12 conference play. And um, I think another thing is it's just – it's it's the second time around. It's like uh, the second time around in the rotation for you. There's a little baseball reference. You have a better look at things. The players, it's not just what they're seeing on film. It's not just um, what Coach Boyle was trying to tell them. Now they've seen it. Now they've seen what happens if you uh, help off of Jordan Matthews. Now they've seen what happens if you don't move your feet well against uh, Tyrone Wallace or Jalen Brown. So it's no longer just uh, talk. They can... They're going to be a little more dialed in when, when Coach Boyle is telling them um, certain things in film. They're going to be a little more ready when a, cert- when a player tries to do a certain thing to them while they're defending them. So um, you, you mix that up with the fact that you get them at home. And I think if you looked back, at the sec- I mean, teams are normally successful at home. I bet you the second time they're facing a team in the season, if it's at home, they have an even higher rate of success
1: you mentioned the second time through rotation, the only difference with baseball compared to basketball is that both teams really get to see each other, whereas in baseball there's not much to see with the hitters and there's a lot to see with the pitchers. I think that could be as much of a disadvantage to the Buffs as, you know, they all California thinks they have to do in this game is stop Josh Scott.
2: Right, and, and, and that's not the case. I mean, you look at the way the Buffs play the ball at home, it's, it's just a different brand. So you, you can take Josh Scott out, but uh, home games where you see, you know, Josh Fortune go off or uh, Wesley Gordon have a good game like he did against Washington State. So um, I think, you know, the Buffs have a great chance to win that game. And like you said earlier, uh, it's a great chance to finally maybe get one of those wins that energizes the fan base a little bit. If you're able to get a sweep this week, um, you're talking about a pretty good chance that you're up there tied for first place. And we talked about this last week. But now you're at home, and now you have to get the sweep. Um, so go out and do it and then maybe you get some fans to buy in
1: and then you'd be 17 and 5 as well as 5 and 3 in Pac-12 play and then all of a sudden you're talking about rankings once again and when you go there the Buffs would only have uh, I believe four home games left after this weekend and Josh Scott actually tweeted this recently he's like man I can't believe I only have six games left in my college career and as someone who's watched Josh Scott progress through his career and you know, I, I've, I've come to root for Josh Scott because he's just such a nice guy. And you you wouldn't want to see his career end in front of an empty stadium because, you know, I think the fans really do like Josh Scott, but they haven't shown it this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's not going to happen. The, the way this team is playing, it's going to heat up during uh, the end of the season. You know, there's, I mean, unless things go south quickly, there's going to be a chance going into the last two weekends for this team to win the conference. Um, and, and so... I think everyone's going to start getting more and more excited as the season goes along and, and um, competing for the conference is kind of something that can accelerate what we talked about earlier in the season, which was that last season's woes can almost take a whole season of healing. Um, but if things start getting really exciting in this conference, I mean, fans aren't going to have a choice but to, to show up and, and see what things develop with their own eyes.
1: Another thing to consider is the Buffs' next road trip it might be their toughest of the season at Oregon and at Oregon State. So it would be really important for the Buffs to get these two home wins and just kind of secure to make sure, you know, the next weekend isn't a total bust. Because if the Buffs, let's say, were to only win one this week uh, and then didn't win at all the next weekend, things really could be going downhill fast.
2: Exactly. So you got to get you. It's like you, uh, you keep yourself ahead of the eight ball by sweeping the home. Um, I mean, if, if so, if you sweep at home and then you go and get swept on the road, it's like okay, we're back to square one. But if you go one-on-one one on the road and then you get swept on the road, well, now you're behind. You're behind the eight ball. So it's just keep staying in front of the eight ball, and that's how you do it is getting, road, uh, getting home sweeps.
1: Maybe we'll rate eight balls on our next segment, uh, overrated, underrated, and see if they're overrated or underrated. Uh, but for now, we're going to have to take a break, and we'll see you back on the other side. Thanks for listening. I am Jake Shapiro. He is Ryan Koningsberg.
0: Why go to the Clock Tower Grill? Because of the burgers? Sure. How about the 15 big screen TVs and the 100-inch projection screen? Okay. How about the fact that it's conveniently located at the Lincoln Light Rail Station?
1: Yep. We could do this all day. The bottom line is that the Clock Tower Grill has unique food and drink specials every single day and offers something for everyone all the time. Head down to the Lincoln Light Rail Station and let's have some fun at the Clock Tower
0: Grill. (laughs) Rain, sleet, or snow. 24 hours a day. Residential or commercial. You name it, A Team does it. A Team Garage Doors will meet or beat any estimate and offer same day repairs. A Team Garage Doors has a five star rating and is a home advisor elite service provider. Call A Team Garage Doors at 720 556 8016. That's A Team Garage Doors 720 556 8016. Call 816 for the A When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. $3 beer specials, $4 shot specials, $5 appetizer specials, and two-for-one 10-inch pizzas. All of that happens every Sunday at Ernie's Bar & Pizza. Not only does Ernie's have the best deals, but they were just voted number one New York-style pizza in Denver by the Westward. Why go anywhere else? Make Ernie's Bar & Pizza your home for football on Sundays. Ernie's Bar & Pizza, 44th and Federal in Old North Denver, where the Pisons live. If you're tired of the same old sports bar experience, it's time to check out the Sunset Grill. They have the NFL Sunday ticket, NHL Center Ice, NBA TV, and yes, even the Pac-12 network. But they also have a gorgeous view from their spacious deck. They have dry ribs, wings, and muscles to go with their ice-cold beer. They have $4 Bud and Bud Light pitchers on Sundays, and their happy hour is from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. So next time you're looking for a place to watch the game, do it a little different and go to the Sunset Grill off Holly & County Line in Centennial. Sunset Grill.
1: And we are back on the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern. I am Jake Shapiro, and I am not really sure where Ryan Koningsberg went. I'm looking around the bar, and I, I don't see him. I'm not sure where he's gone. I, I still don't see him. I, I Oh, he's coming right now. Uh, it looks like he's coming from uh, the bar. Uh, he was on the other side. I couldn't see over the drinks. I'm so small. I no, ju- did you I start just, without me? yeah I've been waiting for like 20 minutes to restart the podcast that was the longest commercial break ever
2: Dude I'm sorry I went I had to go to the bathroom but I just it takes me a while to get from place to place right now because my feet hurt so much
1: why do you why do your feet hurt just so much
2: dude I went skiing this weekend and now I've got these cramps in my feet because my boots are absolutely awful
1: well you, you know what I, I I think you already know the place where you need to go and you haven't even looked into this like bro you got to spend some money spend some money so your feet don't hurt and you know the place and i know that you can tell everyone else that you know the place
2: i know i still haven't learned my lesson what i need to do is i need to go to boot mechanics in golden i gotta go see my own guy my own guy jeremy johnston guy he's my guy and he's gonna get my my boots custom fit to my skis and to my feet to give me a more comfortable ride and increase my performance. The way he does it when I finally get around to getting over there is he's going to take a mold of your foot and use that cast provided to produce a footbed that is a mirror image of the bottom of your foot, and he'll even sell you a new pair of boots if you have a a grungy old pair of langs like I do. So what you're going to do is you're going to call 303-916-3498. That's 303-916-3498 or visit bootmechanics.com. Some big
1: Buffs news uh, for their tournament uh, chances. Uh, Tyler Ziskin isn't here, and that's why the podcast is a little bit shorter tonight. But Iowa State just defeated number four Kansas, which helps to use RPI.
2: Does not compute, am not Tyler Ziskin. <laughs>
1: you are not a computer.
2: No, but it's, it's, a, it's a win for them. But Iowa State's like RPI can only go so high. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're like fourth in RPI. So. Uh, they're just going to keep helping the Buffs by staying up there. But it's not one of those things where, like, uh, you get a huge bump out of it. Uh, you know, you'd rather have CSU or some other garbage team um, beat uh, the number four team in the country. Then you're getting a boost because they're jumping up. But uh, it's, still, it's still good for the Buffs to keep Iowa State up in there.
1: I like how you just took a shot at the overrated CSU uh rams who you you they're so garbage yet they're still overrated somehow because of some people (laughs) crazed in their fan base but that leads us in relationship (laughs) relationship (laughs) exactly my twitter uh if you don't get the reference but i'm not going to give you that one uh anyways
2: you got to be up at 3 a.m with us to know these things you gotta
1: you gotta be up on shap insomnia twitter which is literally just me posting weird (laughs) rock videos and puns that are like really, really late, bad.
2: Late night BSN Twitter is, un- is underrated. Between AJ
1: Hathley <laughs> you, me, Nick Tremoroli, and uh, Nick Bracken, there are some weird things happening on our Twitter late at night. Even Spano joins in sometimes.
2: Follow at Bracken Tennis. <laughs>
1: Anyways, the CSU being overrated, sorry, Rich Kurtzman, leads us into our segment of overrated, underrated, or properly rated, stolen from Cannell and Russillo, where they...
2: Danny Cannell, one of two quarterbacks that Tom Brady has beat in mile-high air.
1: And also uncle of our friend Matt Cisneros, apparently. Yes. Uh, anyways, we throw out a topic at one of, one another. It doesn't matter if we think it's good or bad. We just say if the perception of it is overrated or underrated. So I'll let Ryan start.
2: I will start with... Uh, Danny Connell's nephew, Matt Cisneros.
1: <laughs> wow, what a, what, a, what a transition there, Ryan. I, don't, I still don't know how Matt has – I, I want to check on the follower count for Matt because I know it's way too low. He's got 446 followers. I mean, Y'all even I with my nonsense can get better than that.
2: Yeah, you're playing yourself if you're not following Matt Cisneros.
1: He might not always tweet all buffs, but he tweets great things all the time. He and has
2: a po- he has a tweet that's gotten retweeted more than any of us will ever get so.
1: Thank you, DJ Khaled. <laughs> the keys to tweet success.
2: No, what was his it was about some girl being fourteen or something. I don't know. It it reached hip hop Twitter. Which is a place that I've never ventured to, but it got it, he got like seven thousand retweets.
1: Yes, yeah, Cisneros is pretty big on hip hop Twitter, and he brings some more culture to me. I'm not a very <laughs> uh, very well cultured into that side of Twitter, uh, personally. So it's I, I like following him because he brings something new to Buff Twitter.
2: Yeah. So uh, what's your stance? Underrated.
1: Oh, way underrated. I thought, I, I he, guess I didn't say didn't it, say but it. I, it's, I can talk him up all day. And uh, you can follow his podcast that he has with me called Alphabet Soup, where we just kind of had a, have a conversation.
2: Has there ever been a second episode of that? We're, we're
1: planning on having <laughs> one next to this week.
2: No, but Cisneros, I, I was telling this to you the other day. I went as far as saying he might be top five most valuable on Buffs Twitter because he brings something that none of the rest of us can. Yeah. So that's why I
1: 100% 100 emoji. As he would put it gifts, because he's he's in it.
2: Those Photoshops. He's very he's he might as well be an employee of BSN Buffs. We're gonna have to get that with the paperwork. Right now it's man of. of the
1: people. <laughs> My first one as we uh just watched Kansas get defeated is Bill Self. Oh wow. Um ten straight Big Twelve titles.
2: Well, but yeah, what are Big Twelve titles worth though?
1: A big twelve title, that's literally what the worth of a big twelve title is. I,
2: it's in college basketball where to a team like Kansas the regular season means absolutely nothing um, so i'm I might go as far as to say overrated uh, he, he's gotten it done once um, that's not good that's not good enough at Kansas to me and it, it's such an odd situation it's almost like the George Carl situation magnified but it's like he keeps doing well but he doesn't finish it they have all these early exits out of the tournament so I know if will Whelan listens to this he's going to like come from new york to kill me but i'm gonna have to say overrated because he doesn't get it done on the big stage
1: i disagree but i, I think he's probably properly rated but uh i i personally just am a big bill self fan i appreciate and respect everything that he's done for don't the get Kansas me wrong he's a good coach yeah i just think he's a fantastic basketball coach i actually think you know uh, he is very well hyped i will say that but he's hyped for a reason and The reason is because Kansas has been dominant the last 10 years in college basketball.
2: Without Mario's miracle, what is he?
1: He's a guy who's won 10 straight <laughs> Big 12 titles. That still counts for something. Could you imagine if Bad Boyle led the Buffs to three straight Pac-12 titles? But that's and I different, understand Kansas is different. way different than Colorado in terms of basketball tradition, but still.
2: That I mean, look, like people in, at, at CU are still like, riding high off of uh, winning the Pac-12 tournament a couple years ago. Right. It's so different that you can't compare that. Um, so eventually, like, conference titles mean nothing. You get you reach a point where conference titles literally mean nothing.
1: I, I See, me and you don't see eye-to-eye eye on this, and we disagreed over text message on this, where you think if you lose the Super Bowl, you might as well have lost every single game. For me, a successful season is deemed as you made it to your team's uh, league championship game or conference championship game. So you go to the NLCS or you go to the NFC championship or, you, you know, you get to that level because, uh, for me, Everything, once you get to a certain point in the playoffs, is just a uh, coin flip. And that's especially true in baseball, and that's especially true in football. It might be a little bit different in basketball and uh, in hockey, but the playoffs are essentially a coin flip, and that's, I think, even magnified in college basketball or college football where you really only have one game to decide it.
2: I don't know. I mean, I can see both sides. But Obviously, if you're an owner, uh, making it to the AFC Championship, making it to the Super Bowl, um, Are two big thing. different things, right? Though, if you're, too. if you're, well, even, like either here, way, you're making tons of money. So the difference,
1: the difference between the, the Cubs uh, getting the first wild card spot and the Cubs getting the second wild card spot this year for the Pirates, uh, it cost them two million dollars because they would have hosted the game at Wrigley oh, Field. Oh
2: yeah, know. see, that's what I mean. So if you're coming from that perspective, from a dollars perspective, it matters a lot because if you're going zero and sixteen in the NFL, you're losing a lot of money on an empty stadium. Um, but that being said, I just don't like. To me. There's a certain point you reach um, as a as a franchise, as a program, where it's literally if you don't win, uh, it was it was a wasted season. It was a lost season. the Broncos don't win the Super Bowl. Um, you won't you won't catch me endorsing anyone wearing an AFC Championship shirt around town. Like that is the weakest thing you can do. It's literally like wearing a second place medal all, all like around town. That's the weakest thing. If you didn't get the Super Bowl shirt. You're not wearing a shirt. Okay? I was
1: honestly so close to wearing my uh, Western Conference Champ Chicago Blackhawks shirt today, too. I, I, which is the funniest thing that you said. When I
2: was way. a young, inexperienced man, I used to wear my, my Rockies NL. Uh, but that's different. But it's Baseball's different because the pennant means something. But I, if it happened again, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> if you 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 don't celebrate second place. Um, so to me, but
1: you can argue in baseball that that's I, I understand your point. But in baseball, it's a little bit different, I think, just because there's always been league separation.
2: For me, it's also the Broncos window this year. When I said that it, it, the Broncos window is so small and we're getting way too much into Broncos talk. Buffs fans are going to kill us. But the Broncos window is so small that this is their kind of to me, this is their last chance to do it. So if they didn't. They might as well have gone out in 16 and started the rebuild.
1: Hey, man, I was talking about Bill Self. I wasn't talking about the Broncos. That's all How you. How did we get here?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Your next Nick one. No, I'm Nick Casa. No, i Nick Casa, Nick new, uh, new Broncos. Okay. Uh, University of Colorado Journalism Program.
1: Oh, overrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Please tell me. God. So, name the best products that come out of the University of Colorado Journalism Program in the last 10 years. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Konigsberg. Konigsberg. <laughs> Uh
2: William Whalen.
1: Oh, Will's I thought Will was a creative writing major, though. Oh, I he, don't think he was a journalism major. He, you're
2: right. You're right. Um,
1: See, I'm geez. not giving the journalism any passes. No <coughs> passes. From Ten the years. School.
2: I mean, I just, I'm just going to Ariel Mata. I'll go into this naming <laughs> off people that are my friends. So
1: right, and for me, you know, I was someone who struggled with getting into the school for three years because of some crazy reasons. And I nip- mean. I work harder than anyone.
2: This will be – he does. This will be a fun a fun story to tell one day, but so did I, you know. So I know right. – you know,
1: and Ryan and I have a similar story where we kind of, you know, we're like got to a point where we're just like, all right, well, if you don't want to let me into journalism school, I'll still be a great journalist. I don't need your help. And that's kind of where I got last year, and Ryan got there a couple of years ago too. So, you know, for them to shun out people that are really dedicated to what they want to do and that's what they want to do – it makes no sense, and then you look at what they're producing in terms of their student-run media outlets. It's pathetic, and that's the nice way of putting it. And I, I, I like some of those kids; they're nice kids, but they need more direction. And it's not the fault of the kids; it's the fault of the school for not giving them enough direction. Okay,
2: that's what—that's where I wanted to go with this, which was they're—they're they're misusing their resources. Um, they're putting money into the wrong places, and um, what, what my problem is is. Uh, you know, I think there are good journalists in those student-run media programs you talked about, but they need someone in there uh, who can give them direction. You know, I was lucky enough to be able to work with guys like Adam Munster-Tiger and Will Whalen, who brought me along way more than uh, any of the people up up there really ever did, and I had some great professors, so I don't want to take anything away from them, but I was also a, a broadcast journalism major, so learning a different side of things, but I just think, and, and I know a lot of people who work at the CUI believe this, like there's, there's uh, something missing there and it's someone that that is giving them uh leadership and, and guidance and they do not respect sports journalism at that school which uh which is a, a bothersome to me you know they haven't asked a guy like uh chris fowler to come be the commencement speaker for the journalism school because they think that sports journalism is some sort of lower no form. story of, there there's some f- sort of lower form of journalism but hey proud of my diploma i look at it every morning and smile
1: go to another guy that some would consider a, a broadcast. I guess he is a broadcaster, not necessarily a journalist, but he is a broadcaster. Mr. The one and only Bill Walton, overrated, uh, underrated. I
2: was kind of hoping you were going to say Mark Johnson. Um, oh, here we go.
1: Don't do it, don't do it.
2: <sighs> overrated. He's <sighs> overrated, he's overrated, he's overrated, he's <laughs> overrated. OK, so here's my thing with announcers. Um, and I think I love Bill and I get entertainment from him, so I'm not trying to really say anything that that's bad about Bill Walton. But I kind of want an announcer to just kind of lead me along. Like, I I don't want to notice, like, I, and this is funny coming from a broadcast journalism major, but, like, I don't want to notice. I just kind of want to watch the game. I don't need any, like, I don't need any help in understanding what's going on. So I just want the announcer to be there, maybe give me a good anecdote about the teams here and there, which Walton does do at sometimes. <laughs> Like, when Bill Walton starts talking, it can become really distracting, and then all of a sudden you're more interested in the story that he's telling because it's probably a great story. So I I like Bill Walton. I enjoy listening to his calls, this this, and this. But, man, the, um, the circle jerk that goes on every single time he is calling a game is a bit much. I mean, we don't need to be live tweeting every single thing he says.
1: Hey, man, I might be king of that circle jerk, so... Uh, I'm a big fan my parents are big Grateful Dead fans.
2: You got got two handfuls?
1: Dude, I I love (laughs) Bill Walton so much. He's fantastic. You know he makes these random Wednesday night college basketball games exciting for me Uh, and you know especially when you got teams like Washington State playing Arizona State. Give me more Walton. Give me as much Walton. Just give me Walton talking over the game for two hours. But if you're having maybe UCLA play Kansas, I understand where you maybe want Walton to chill and you'd rather have a guy uh, that's just going to kind of give you the standard thing. I understand that perspective, but for me, sports are all about entertainment, and is someone who completely entertains me.
2: Sports are really serious. There should be no fun, uh, and they should be handled like politics. So I don't know what you're talking about. That's
1: why people who tweet about politics can t- completely tweet about sports, just make that overlap just 100%. Oh, fun. yeah,
2: politics Twitter and sports Twitter go together like – peas and carrots,
1: (laughs) as Forrest Gump once said. Uh, Your third and final one.
2: Okay, uh, Rick George. Dude. Hold on. Go ahead.
1: I love Rick. So it's so weird for me, and I texted this to Ryan. I was actually at the women's basketball game Sunday instead of watching the Broncos game. But I always feel weird because I call Rick.
2: By the way, that's just part of Jake trying to be, like, different. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. Um, I was actually just taking a great opportunity to broadcast the women's basketball game. Anyways, uh, Rick George, I always feel weird about. It. I told this to Ryan Sunday. I, I always call him Rick and you know, cause I, I cover him and I, but I also feel weird because I really have a lot of respect for him. I think he's done some great things for this university. Uh, I think he means a lot to the fans, and, you know, he interacts with fans really nicely. My parents, who own a local business in town, uh, his, his family's come in, and uh, they were very uh, nice to our family. And, you know, uh, you only hear good things about Rick George no matter who you ask, and that's a real good sign uh, of someone who's doing the, the, the right things and the good things.
2: But he's rated extremely high. So is it properly rated?
1: It might be properly rated, but it's really hard not to say underrated. Because like, yeah, he's rated really high in CU circles, but I don't think he's getting a lot of credit outside of CU for what he's done. But yet uh, again, you still Illinois. knocking yeah. on his door
2: every freaking day. Yeah,
1: because he's doing a great job, so he might be properly rated. You have a point.
2: Um, Rick, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not m- too much you can say about Rick George, and, and I, I know it's. People are starting to get lose their patience with the football program, so I know there's a, a bit of a knock there. But what I, what I love about Rick George is he's like the type of dude that you just want to have over to a dinner party. Like he would just be such a fun person to hang out with. Rick, if you're listening to this, love to have you over for a dinner party. Uh, he's uh, you know he's a, he's the type of guy that you'd have a Ryan beer with. Ryan and
1: I eat. Uh, we go we go to a restaurant after basketball games. Normally we won't say the name because we don't spot we aren't sponsored by them. We go and get some uh, when get they some put dinner. the when
2: they put the BSN when they put the RK on the menu. We'll
1: we'll we'll go we'll have uh, we'll let them know, we'll have their uh, sponsorship on the program. But for now, we go to this place after almost every single basketball game. Me and Ryan, Rick, you're welcome to come with them with us. They're one of the biggest sponsors of CU athletics. We'll By the way,
2: way, when we have dinner parties, we have them at Blake Street Tavern. <laughs>
1: <laughs> true, true. This is just after game meals when we're not driving to Denver uh, post game. My third and final one uh, to match with Bill Self and Bill Walton, Mr. Bill.
2: What's Mr. Bill? Do you
1: don't know what Mr. Bill is?
2: <laughs> no, bro. It's from
1: Saturday Night Live in, like, the 80s. Dude, what? Mr. Bill, like,
2: hi, I'm Mr. Bill. Oh, no, Mr. Bill. You lost me there, Bob.
1: He's, a, like, a clay figure clown guy, and uh, he'd always, like, die or light himself on fire, and you would go, oh.
2: This sounds like the worst thing ever. Oh,
1: they made their own movie out of it. It's hilarious.
2: No, dude. Overrated. <laughs> you haven't even seen it. No, totally overrated.
1: <laughs> All right, well, that ended you abruptly. An, you
2: got another bill you want to throw at me?
1: Uh, I'm going to look up famous bills on Google right now.
2: <laughs> bill Guy <Vette. laughs> <Dude>. Properly rated. <laughs> no, he's
1: still overrated. He actually might be underrated. Oh, that that's not a good bill that came up. First, uh, former comedian, shamed comedian, uh, had his own show. uh, African American, uh, Bill.
2: Why can't you just say it, Cosby?
1: Oh, because he's (laughs) not someone I want to associate with. Uh, But here, here's a good one: Bill Gates.
2: (laughs) Um, rich, (laughs) Uh, underrated. I I don't think uh, he gets enough credit for all of that charity work.
1: All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up over under on the podcast.
2: Mr. Bill? yeah, in the 80s? Mr. Bill. It
1: was was matching with my theme because you don't know this yet, but I was going to play a bunch of 80s music this week. I was going to go replacements, talking heads, uh, some other stuff like that. But uh, obviously we don't listen to music right now. Do you, man? Uh, Thank you for listening. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Koningsberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Chapelicious. You can follow the website on Twitter at BSN Buffs or at BSNDenver.com.
2: And follow BSN Broncos too. Super Bowl bound. Woo.
1: You can also follow uh, <laughs> us on Facebook. Thank you for liking us. We got like six new likes on no, Facebook. We, didn't. we did. We got like six new likes on Facebook after we posted the podcast. So we're getting some pity likes and we'll take the pity likes. So give us some more pity likes. We'll appreciate them.
2: Hold on. First of all, y'all are real MVPs if you're liking the Facebook page. But I want to see what we're at in terms of numbers.
1: I think we have like 50. No, we got like over 100 likes on our
2: Facebook page. All right, we're at 183. If we get to 200 before the next podcast, there will be a giveaway, and it will be dope.
1: You heard that. We're not even going to push it on Twitter. You have to listen to the podcast. So if you're listening, you got an exclusive. And uh, go like our Facebook page. If you're
2: one of the 27 people listening, you have to like it or else there won't be a a video. Or else there won't be a giveaway. You also have to ask
1: one friend to like it. You need a 28th person.
2: P.S. One of my brainchilds has been conceived and there's a feature in the works that's going to be dope.
1: I don't even know what he's talking about yet, so that's how dope it's going to be because he hasn't
2: told me. You know what I'm talking about, actually. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done.
1: He's Ryan Konigsberg, I'm Jake Shapiro. Thanks for listening to the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern. We'll see you next Monday, uh, or I guess next Tuesday. That's when the podcast is released. Uh, we'll also see you out for the CU Buffaloes games against the Stanford Cardinal and the Cal Bears uh, this weekend. And uh, Have fun, people, and thanks for listening. <laughs>